Hello, this is longtime Milwaukee radio personality Steve Pallack. Stand by, your next episode is queued up. The on air light is lit. It's season five of the Bait and Switch podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. My name is Jim Martin. As always, my co-host is here with me, but he'll be introduced a little later. Uh, Today is our first ever Tour of Spain preview, also known as the Welta, from what I understand. You know, everybody, everybody who everybody's listening to any of our uh, Tour de France uh, preview podcast knows that I am not the cycling enthusiast, but I'm learning a lot as we go. Uh, names are not my forte, so I already apologize beforehand for all my butchery <laughs> of names because I can see in my first sentence I have to say after I int- introduce you guys I have to mention there's a couple names in there and so uh, early apologies from me. Actually, so, you know what, Jim? Uh, I'll that part where it says Jim, I'll I'll do that part. I forgot to. Un- it's not bolded. Oh, okay, it's not bold. No, but it's got my name, so I figured. Okay, okay. Jim is okay. kind of a bold guy, anyway. That's a good point. Mitch. Make some bold true. predictions. That's that's right. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've already heard a couple of voices from our panel, so I'll do some quick introductions. Uh, the last voice you just heard was Mr. Mitch Tyke. He's up in upstate New York, cycling connoisseur, NPR uh, professional. Uh, he's the station manager up at the uh, NPR uh, station up in upper upstate New York. Mitch uh, has been here many times with us. Thanks for being here again, Mitch. I, uh, I come for the cycling chat and stay for the wordplay. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which means you don't stay very long. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, the other uh, panel member that you've heard and probably a very familiar voice to all of our listeners is Mr. Chris Byer, my co-host. Chris. Hello, Jim. Thanks for being here tonight. And I'll introduce I'll introduce oh, okay. my son who's sitting right next to me, Will, yep. who's been on all our cycling podcasts. Welcome yes, he Will. has. Hello, hey, Will. Uh, this is my fourth, third, fourth, fourth, fourth time on the podcast. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no, maybe more. I don't know. He's, we, did he's the, been, we did the Olympic preview. There right. another one. A couple I times. Hope, uh, the listeners aren't sick of my voice yet. So. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think so. I, I'm going to tell them don't be. So there you go. Um, my household also, cycling expert is feeling dissed now, though. Yeah, yeah. Is, is she there? <laughs> oh, she's in the other room. Yeah. Oh, she is. Okay. Well, she'll have to poke her head in and why not uh, sure. get in on the fantasy action. Yeah, I was going to say at the end, maybe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And finally. Our last guest, new guest on this type of podcast, uh, Mr. Bill Humphreys, early American cycling pioneer is with us. So uh, thanks for being here, Bill. We really appreciate early. seeing your face. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. I like early. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that, when they first came up with the two wheel concept. You were in on that. You know, it's either that or back, 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 back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey. Let's start with a quick wrap up of the Tour de France, of the Tour de France, which just happened as a way to get into this Tour of Spain podcast. Uh, Jonas Vinigo, Jonas Vinigo in a moderate upset beat, uh, Tade Podicar, uh, Podicar in the Tour. Maybe I should do the names. Easy for you Maybe to I say. Should do the names. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's start with Mitch. Mitch, does this prove that Vinigo is currently the best grand tour rider or was the strength of his team the deciding factor? 
I, you know, I, I think it does prove that, uh, that Vinigogo is, uh, at the top of his game and probably at the top of, uh, of Grand Tour riding right now. Um, you know, it was a bit of an upset, but, uh, but I think anybody that's watched the guy in the last couple of years knew that it was, uh, it was going to be really close. And, uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, his team was probably better prepared for it the number of times that Pogachar ended up kind of isolated and uh, fighting on his own, um, was, uh, I mean, he was he was a little handicapped by that. Uh, but I would say uh, the, the best thing that came out of it is that we'll have a rivalry to watch for uh, probably years to come. Yeah, well, Bill, piggybacking on what uh, Mitch did, just said, did uh, Pojakar have any uh, poor tactical decisions that led to his defeat? Oh, he, ma- he made a couple and and <clears throat> and and it didn't take much, you know, to put him in the cheap seats. And so he didn't, he had very little room for error and he, and he made a couple, but you know, his spirit, his personality, uh, you know, it's just incredible. In fact, uh, so many other riders in this year's tour came to race their bikes and not listen on the radio. It's just a whole new era. Yeah. What about, uh, what about Pojicard sprinting for all those second and third and fourth place uh, finishes in the stages? Was that wise in retrospect? No, in retrospect, he, he didn't have to. Yeah. 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 Or how about was he paying too much attention to Roglic? Was it obvious that Vinigo was the guy and Roglic wasn't as strong? Well, that's a, you know, that's a good point. But um, <clears throat> uh, he may have in the beginning. You know, I, I I find it hard to fault the kid. So yeah, yeah, yeah it was. I mean, he came second. And he came first twice in a row. Well, let's talk to my son here, Will. The UAE team, which is Pojakar's team, will they need to get stronger next year, or is it just a matter of maybe a more favorable course or better luck for Pojakar? Um, I'd argue the Tour de France team UAE team was actually pretty strong. Of course, you had Pogacar. You also had. In, like very good domestiques in McNulty, in uh, George Bennett. Yeah. Uh, there were a few more. I think. And Bennett got uh, COVID. And right, COVID did big, not help anything. Yeah, that was a big turning point. And just the thing was, the reason most teammates weren't with Pogacar at all was because there just weren't any. They crashed out. They got COVID. Like, what, more than half the team was gone, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, what's his name? Um, Maka had that weird oh, yeah, incident Maka. where his right. chain broke, right? right? And then he right. ended up getting hurt. Yeah, that was three domestiques that were doing relatively well, you know, with their time in the Tour de France. And two of them, I believe McNulty made it to the end, but two of them didn't make it to the end. And I do think that hurt Pogacar. So just better luck next time, I think, would yeah. help them tremendously. Well, uh, with so Chris- that... Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, as the uh, as the outsider looking in, just hearing what what you guys are talking about, if this guy still was managed to come in second without a team, I don't think you can say. I, I think I would venture to say that he's the best cyclist in the world, even though he didn't win. Well, I mean, his team other, wasn't you know, that weak. It was it was it, all right, but the other guys got the. Real I just heard his whole half his team fell apart, <laughs> crashes and COVID. <laughs> that's what I heard. You <laughs> know, I, I I let me just jump in for one second. I I have to say that you know if if you had Pojakar <clears throat> on your fantasy team, uh, you'd be disappointed. Uh, but at the same time, he didn't ride conservatively, and you know from a fan standpoint, from somebody watching the race, it's much more fun to watch Tade Pogachar than you know watch 
watch, say, Team Sky from a few years ago when they rode really conservatively and went all in on on making sure Chris Froome got through safely to Paris. I mean, much more effective, but I think from uh, from an enjoyable to watch standpoint, uh, it was a blast to watch Tadej Pogacar, even though he came in second. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, let's move on to the Tour of Spain. I'll just reiterate what Mitch said, which is, you know, we've got a rivalry now. Next year will be those two guys. And uh, in light of that, uh, in light of that, uh, let's talk about the Tour of Spain here. Let's uh, start with. Uh, Before we, excuse me, one. Can I just say one thing? Before we. <laughs> Men, 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 okay? It's called the Tour de Femme avec Swift, you know? I mean, the women's Tour de France was mind-boggling. It yep. was unbelievable breakthrough. It was women's World Cup soccer-type breakthrough stuff. And the crowds were were unbelievable. The excitement, the women's interviews afterwards were so passionate and so funny and so real and descriptive and animated uh their personalities their ability to ride people didn't think they would ride as well as they did they defied everything that is setting the record straight it's going to be the savior of the sport the men's part is is also spectacular and that's but we got to acknowledge the tour de femme and I heard the TV rate, uh, the TV ranking, uh, TV ratings in Europe were pretty good for the the women's tour. Oh, they were outstanding. I mean, they just broke every every record possible. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'll I'll defer now to uh, Jim for our next question here. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. Um, so again, we're moving on to uh, the tour of Spain here. So, um, Mitch, this question is. Is coming at you. So yeah, don't take that drink of water quite yet. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the tour of Spain is commonly thought of as the, the third most prestigious tour, right? But, uh, the tour of Italy tends to have a weaker start list compared to the tour of Spain just because it's before the tour. Uh, so it being the tour de France, right? The tour, uh, in your mind, which is the better race? Uh, you know, these days I would have to give it to, uh, to the Vuelta a España, the tour of Spain, um, primarily because we're getting the cyclists after they've already rounded into shape. Um, I'm, you know, I'm struck by actually how many people on the start list this year also rode in, uh, the Tour de France. Um, but the, uh, the, the Giro, the Tour of Italy is always a little bit of a, of an unknown. It's just a, it's a question mark for, you know, what kind of shape the uh the the top riders are going to be in and um by the time we get around to the welta uh you know we of course have people who are injured and uh and suffering after um you know most of a season of cycling but i think the uh if nothing else the tour of spain has really taken its place among the other grand tours as being you know truly a world-class race yeah yeah well hey bill uh now you're uh you've got a keen eye for young talent. It seems nowadays that younger and younger riders are breaking through and winning big races uh than ever before. You've got Bernal, you've got Pojakar, you've got Vinigo is young, maybe not that young. And in this race, uh the Tour of Spain, one of the favorites is Remco Eneva. Uh say that name for me, Mitch. Evnapol. Evnapol. Uh he's among the favorites uh for the wealth of this year at age twenty two. Why do you think riders are getting better at a younger age? What's going on, and will it continue? Uh, it, it, it will continue because uh, 
the science, the science behind it is just the data that's collected on these guys. I mean, the insulin, I mean, the peeing, the color of their pee, the weighing afterwards, <laughs> you know, what they eat, where it's going in the body. I mean, it's unbelievable getting on the scale every day right afterwards. I mean, the science on recovery is beyond belief, okay? These are like astronauts. In fact, astronauts don't have a clue compared to these guys, all right? <laughs> so that has a lot to do with it. And they're brought up with that system. And, uh, and as a result, you know, uh, a lot of these guys are clean. I mean, it's just because of the science. It's replaced, you know, the, the element of big pharma. So. I, I believe that. And as far as this, this, this Belgian kid, uh, you know, he's going to be after stage wins. He's not ready to win a grand tour or even he's, you know, Perry Nice type race. Yes. But after that, you know, he's, he's, he's a little bit too bulky and, uh, and, uh, he's not getting over the mountains with these guys. So, uh, Bill, do you think that means these guys, uh, might burn out earlier? Uh, I, I don't know. He'll, you know, he'll have instructions on which days are his and, 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 and Katie bar the door on those days, you know, cause he, he's gonna, he's gonna hurt some people and he's probably, and he might, and he might win alone, you know, and he may end up in the first week, you know, he could be in the top five or top six or top 10, but then he, he is going to fade, but that doesn't mean he can't win a stage in the last week as long as it's early in the last week. Right, well, right. by, yeah, by I guess burnout, by burnout, Bill, okay. I mean, at an earlier age, you know, will they, oh. you know, riders kind of had their peak, say, from 25 to 35. Will it now be 21 to 31? You think they'll, they'll still have those lengthy of a career? I think, I think so, yes. And, and then it'll be up to them. I mean, you know, because if, if they top out and are used to winning, uh, and, and they make, and the sport grows and they make money, you know, some of them may want to move on in life and, you know, and, and be content. But uh, I think they're still going to be able to ride very well at 33 and 34 years old. Yeah. Well, let me ask my son, Will, here about the next question, which is in this year's race in the, in the Tour of Spain, there is a team time trial. Now, they don't always have team time trials in Grand Tours. Are you a fan of team time trials? Should they be in every Grand Tour? And maybe should they be a little shorter so they don't affect the GC so much? Um, you know, as a little kid watching bike races, like, you know, seven, eight, watching the tour of the Welta, I always thought the team time trial was the coolest thing ever. Cause it's like the rarest thing in cycling. You know, you don't see it that often. You only see it at grand tours and only at like, you know, a third or two thirds of them. Um, I like, I like their inclusion. You know, if, if you get rid of them, that just gets rid of, you know, a new facet of this sport. And it leads to more of a team thing, you know, right. like it's not just, oh, this one person is going to win the time trial because he's amazing. You know, it's not just going to be Van Aert or Avenapol or Roglic or Pogacar. It's going to be, or, you know, like specialists, you know, you got to think like what team is best built for this. Right. Like, you think um, there are teams like Movistar and Bike Exchange. Those aren't definitely like definitely aren't very good individual time trial teams but on the team time trial they're much better yeah yeah what do you what do you think uh, bill are you a fan of the team time trial i think it's important it's like the team pursuit i mean visually to the 
to Joe football, it, you know, it catches your automobile guy. It catches your formula one guy, you know, it catches your attention. It's pretty wild to watch. And it, it's where the advancements in technology come into play. So it's pretty cool. And, and yeah, it has an effect when it's in the first week, but that all goes away as soon as the mountains come anyway. So. Well, and I'll, I'll jump in and say that, you know, what I like about it is it, is it forces, um, the cyclist to, to be a little bit more, uh, of, be a little bit more all around. Um, you know, it's like in baseball, making sure that a guy knows how to bunt. Um, or, you know, it's just that there's, there's a, there's a specialized skill to it that is rewarded. Um, that's in among all of the other specialized skills that go into a, into a cycling race. So I think in general, it's, uh, it's great to see. And, um, yeah, I, I would agree. Having it early in the race is important because, um, by the time the mountains come along, the, uh, the team time trial is, is all but irrelevant. Yeah. I'll just say two things. One, I think it should be kept relatively short because obviously if it's too long, it can affect GC too much. Um, but also to the casual cycling fan, when they say, how is cycling the team sport? This, you know, this shows them how it is a team sport. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, Jim. Uh, sure. Yeah. Cool. So um, let's get uh, some quick takes on who you guys think are, are going to be the team leaders for just a few of these teams here. So uh, Mitch, we'll start with you. What about uh, the Bora team? Uh, I think it's got to be uh, Jai Hindley and uh, Jai Hindley really opened some eyes last year. And, you know, I would say, um, you know, I don't know that uh, I don't know that uh, the 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 podium is going to be quite as wide open as has it has been in the last couple of years. But I would certainly say Jai Hindley's in the uh, in the at least in the top 10 um, and uh you know, he's got a strong team behind him. Wilco Kelderman, um, was a, uh, was a pretty strong GC guy for a long time. And, uh, if he's got the team thing working for him, um, it'll be, uh, I, I think he's got some good protection. Okay. Bill, what about you? As far as Bora goes? Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're going to have to go with him. I, I'm, I'm all about Sam Bennett. I'm, particularly watching him i'm 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 all about irish guys and uh (laughs) having raced the tour of ireland twice and had my 75th reunion there um birthday ride and reunion there i'm uh, i'm uh, he's been picked around and 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 it's time for him i hope he has a good ride and how about you will what do you think um talking more about gc here hey well a little closer to the microphone there well oh um there you go a little closer a little closer yeah. Okay. There you go. Um. Yeah. Uh. As of GC goes, I do believe it's most likely going to be Jai Hindley. Of course, he won the Giro this year. Um. But also, uh, there is the possibility of Higita, like Sergio Higita. Uh. You know, me and my dad listened to this uh one podcast, this one cycling podcast. You know, they really got it in my mind that this um parkour kind of suits Higita, and so I could see him, you know, making top ten possibly. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to t- Team Ineos. Bill, why don't you oh. take that? Why don't you go first with that one? I- I'm excited about the four debutants. I mean, this is a this is this is a corporate, you know, conglomerate, richest team in the tour. 
uh, on the circuit, and they're determined to stay there. And I'm really excited to watch those four guys. And, of course, Carapaz. Who are the four you're thinking of there, uh, Bill? Uh, you know, um, uh, you're probably thinking I, of uh, Rodriguez. You're probably yeah. looking at uh, Sivakov, maybe yeah. Ethan Hayter and Luke Plop. Yeah, those four seem to be the ones. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have their names down, but I know they got four debutantes, and that shows a lot of promise in building for the future. And so, uh, and Carapaz, uh, he's going to be something to to watch for sure. All right. And, uh, well, what about you, Team Ineos? Um, I don't think it's going to be Plop or Hater or, um, I don't, uh, I don't think it's going to be Gegenhart either. Uh, he has one as zero, but, with this team, I don't think he's going to be leader caliber. I believe it's going to be either Sivakov or Karapats. And of those two, Karapats has more um, experience. And so I think I'd look towards Karapats to be leading this team. Okay. Mitch, you got any uh, any other ideas on this? Well, I'll just uh, throw out there, uh, Ethan Hader comes over from uh, from track cycling, does he not? I think that's the case. And uh, I don't know a lot about him, but uh, but if that if if I am thinking of the uh, of the right guy, it'll be uh, I'll be interested to see how he's in the mix when it comes to uh, to some of the sprint stages. Yeah, you're the big track cyclist guy, right? That's, uh, <laughs> I'm a fan of track Sylvie cycling. Does, yes, right? yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So, uh, Chris, did you want to get in on this or no? No, no. no? I'll okay. Later. Okay. All right. So we're moving on. Last team we got here is Team Yumbo. So, uh, Will, we'll start with you. Uh, I think the only two options really are Roglic <laughs> and Koos. I, uh, I believe, um, on, you know, the paper, on the list of names we have, Roglic is, uh, put down as their number one option. But, um, I think Roglic is, you know, out of his prime. I think I want, at least this is what I want to see. I want to see Koos, you know, leading a Grand Tour uh, for the first time in his career. He's always been a domestique for, for Roglic, for um, Vinigo. I want to see his turn, you know? That's what I want to see. All right. Uh, let's see. Who should we go to? We'll go to, uh, we'll go to Mitch. Uh, hard to disagree with, uh, what Will just said there. I'll also throw out that, uh, Rowan Dennis rides for, uh, for Yumbo now. And, uh, he's always a monster when it comes to the time trial. Also, I'll throw out there, uh, before, uh, Bill chimes in, which is Roglic's form is a question mark. Roglic crashed out of the tour. I don't know if he's raced since the tour. He dislocated his shoulder. Uh, there's a big question mark over Roglic, although, as we'll find out later when we talk about the favorites, he is the favorite. He's the three-time defending champ, uh, but there's a big question mark over his current form. All right. And, uh, Bill, why don't you finish us off with these guys? Oh, well, I, I'm going to go. Yeah, I mean, he he's hard to discount. I mean, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a little bit of a question mark, but this guy knows how to ride in. If he can just stay upright and stay healthy you know, for 10 days, then, you know, then we're going to see some action. And, you know, Seb Cruz, of course, you know, everybody wants to see that day come. And, and if Roglic falters, I mean, just falters, but can still ride, then, then maybe, and, and can work for Coos. Uh, but if he falters and is out and Coos does, you know, I, I don't know if Coos is really ready for the role of a leader, you know? Gotcha. Yep. Yep. All right. So that's the, uh, that's the end of that little segment there. 
Um, but uh, so my next question is, do you guys think that Chris Froome will be in the top 20? No. We'll we'll quickly (laughs) quickly throws into, uh, yeah, throws his name. No final answer. Okay. I can't believe he got a ride. I can't believe he got a ride. And I mean, I'm glad he got a ride in it, but I didn't expect it. You know? Yeah. Well, and especially given that, uh, that he just rode the whole tour, um, I'm not sure that, uh, you know, Chris Froome has the legs to be in the top 20. It was great to see him finish in second place on, uh, on what was it? Alpe d'Huez in, uh, in the, uh, the tour. It was, uh, it was a nice little throwback stage to see uh, Chris Froome, um, do so well. But yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. All right, but, let's, let's. You know, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he goes top 15. You know, he's gonna make a big comeback. Boom, <laughs> top 15. That's you heard it here. Somebody's gonna say, I heard this guy on a podcast. He convinced me Froome's gonna be top 15. Everyone so yeah. you're killing, everyone you're killing. Me. Okay, what, what's that? What's that? Will everyone crashed? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there could be a lot of COVID uh, positives. Yeah. Right, right, right. All right, so let's move on to the sprints uh, and tour Spain. You really don't have that many sprints generally. Spain is not a big sprinting nation, so they generally don't have too many sprint stages in the Tour of Spain. Uh, all right, let's, so let's talk about who's going to win the most sprint stages. I'll throw some names out, and then I'll ask uh, some of our panel who do you think is going to have the most sprint stage wins. Ackerman from UAE, Van Poppel and or uh, Bennett from uh, Bora, uh, Merlier from uh, Alpeson, Pedersen perhaps from uh, Trek or maybe Caden Groves from uh, Bike Exchange. Uh, let's start with Mitch. Who's who's going to win the most sprint stages? Uh, I'll go Pascal Ackerman um, with uh, a little bit of a sentimental uh, shout out to uh, John Degenkob riding for uh, DSM. Uh, he's not quite the sprinter he used to be, but uh, some of the lumpy stages uh, with a sprint at the end, I put him in the mix. Yeah. 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 What about you, Bill? Who do you think is going to win the most sprint stages? Uh, well, I'm for Sam Bennett, whether, you know, whether he can, uh, you know, he, he can get over the mountains fairly well for a sprinter. So I'm, um, I'm going with him and, you know, Pedersen, you know, uh, he, he's, a, he's a tough guy. He, he can find a way to get, stay in the time limit, and not always be in the Gruppetto. So, you know. Okay. Well, I'm going to go, uh, Tim Merlier on this one from Alpeson. Uh, you know, the, the times I've seen him sprinting, he's just looked dominant, if anything. And, you know, without Phillipson here. Or Alpeson, Jacobson. Or Jacobson. Oh, and Phillipson, I'm sorry. Well, Phillipson yeah. is the one. Yeah, yeah. Phillipson is the one on Alpeson. Uh, without Phillipson there to, you know, be the team star instead of him, I think Tim earlier is going to get more, you know, more points from Alpeson and is going to do well. Yeah. And we'll see uh, now one thing, a little bit more of a wonky thing here is the points uh, classification uh, in the Tour is generally the strongest sprinter, one of the strongest sprinters. But in the Tour of Spain, the points are are given out a little bit differently. And so it can be a sprinter or it could be a climber. It could be anybody. I shouldn't say anybody, but it could be a number of different types of riders in the Tour of Spain. And so it's a little bit different in regards to that. So I want to get on uh, to the current betting odds. I'm going to give the top 10 to kind of prime you guys into uh, taking picks here. Uh, we've got, uh, in first place, uh, Roglic uh, from Team Yumbo. Uh, we've got, in second place, Evanapol from Quickstep. Again, he's a young rider, only 22. This is his second Grand Tour. The first one was last year's Giro. He was doing pretty good for about the first 8, 10 stages. 
he was uh, battling with Bernal for the lead, and then he fell apart, lost a bunch of minutes, and then he dropped out of contention. Uh, but he is one of the favorites for this race. In third place, you got Jai Hindley, the reigning Tour of Italy uh, victor uh, from Bora. In fourth, you've got Carapaz. Carapaz has won the Tour of Italy in the past and come in second in this race once and is always consistent. He's always up there, and he's on Ineos. And then in fifth place, you got Joa Almeida from UAE. He is best at the time trial of these guys. Well, I shouldn't say that. Evan Apol, Robush, good time trialist. Almeida's strength is the time trial. Can't quite keep up in the mountains sometimes. In sixth, you got Simon Yates, the last defending champion other than Roglic, if you go back about four years. Uh, on Bike Exchange, in seventh, you got Moss, and uh, he is on Movistar. We didn't talk about uh, Valverde doing his last tour and or Nibali doing his last tour. Uh, in eighth, you got Miguel Angel Lopez from Astana, who got kicked off that team briefly and then got back on uh, just in the last week or two. Um, but he's riding for Astana. And then ninth, you got the second Eneos rider in Sivakov, who is of Russian heritage, but he's switched to French heritage now. And then another Eneos rider in 10th, you got Carlos Rodriguez. So I've named those top 10. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about who are your podium picks. Let's start with Will. Yeah, this is this is a tough one. Um, this is a really good start list, a good top, like, top 10 betting odds you just gave us. Um, I'm gonna, uh, I can't, I can't pick out a first place. Um, I'll just do a top three ambiguous. I'm not going to say their order. <laughs> I'll go with, uh, Carapaz, Hinley, Yates. I'd say that's my top three. Like I said, we're going to need an order. Okay. <laughs> uh, you're bullying me here. Um, Carapaz, number one, Yates, number two, Hinley, number three. Okay. Not bad. All right, let's go on to to Bill, the guy who's got most experience. So, therefore, these are going to be the correct picks for any of you guys. <laughs> oh, my God. This, then again, this, then again he, when he's picking Bennett for all these stages, I don't know. I'm not uh, Bennett. Yeah, that, doing well this yeah, year. That, yeah, he's more that's, of a DC guy than a sprinter guy. He has more expertise. Yeah. Than, uh, hey, yeah, Bill, so, I, before, you, before you give your picks, I, I saw you shaking your head there when Lopez was mentioned. I was just curious what, what that was all about. Well, that astonished team. I mean, you know. <laughs> Were they even in the first? Did they just were they on vacation the first ten days of the tour? Yeah, or, yeah. I never saw a jersey. I never saw right. And, uh, and they were vacationing add, with Movistar, I think. Yeah, and I'll add this: that Lopez last year, if we all remember here, was doing quite well in the Tour of Spain here, and he threw a tantrum and yep. quit the race when he was in about second or third or fourth place, yep. and so he went back to his old team. And there was some questions as to whether he had connections with some shady doctor or something like that he was kicked off then he was cleared he's back on but he's very mercurial he is he is a a big talent but uh he's known for uh these types of outbursts so anyway i'm sorry bill who is who's your podium i'm 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 going with quintana first of all on the podium third third all right (laughs) and uh just because um you know this is his last hurrah and um uh, I'm taking uh, Carapaz to win and uh, Roglic second. Okay. All right. Well, let's go on to Mitch. 
<laughs> and I have a lot of experience picking the wrong riders. So, uh, take this with, uh, with an entire salt shaker, not just a grain of salt. Uh, I'm going to go Sivakov, Yates, and Carapaz. In, Ineos in has order? in that order. Ineos has a has a habit of uh, putting two guys on the podium and uh, sometimes splitting them one and three. Um, and uh, for whatever reason, I kind of like uh, I kind of like Sivakov this time around. Okay, okay. Well, then I guess I gotta make my picks, and I I hate this because, like Will says, it's hard to pick. All right, I'll go with who I'd like to see win. I'll just do that. Uh, that's how I usually do it. Doesn't mean well, that. I guess Roglic number one. No, no, no. I'm I, Roglic. I want to win the tour. He's won Tour of Spain too many times. Tour de France. Yes, I'd like to see him win. Let's see who would I like to see win this. You know what? I'll I'll pick Carapaz for the win because he has been consistent. Hasn't won a Tour of Spain yet. So I'll pick Carapaz for the win. Uh, I will pick. Um, I'll say that uh, we're going to see Hindley in second place. I don't think Roglic has got it. I think he's still injured. I'm going to say he's not going to make the the, uh, podium. And then in third place, I will pick... um, uh, I'll pick Almeida in third place. So I went with Carapaz, Hindley, Almeida. I think right, uh, so the, I, th- I think Lopez is going to keep his act together, and he's going to he's he's going to do it. He's going to pull it off. There we go. He's going to he's going to keep his wits about him. He's going <laughs> to keep his head together. He's going to realize, hey man, this is my could be my last chance. I you know I blew it last time. So yep. I think he took a swing at a fan a couple of years ago. Somebody got in his way. <laughs> took a swing it's at in a the fan, past. So man, there's no swing this time. Like what's the fans, that? Sometimes the fans go too far. You know, mm. you saw uh, two or two years ago. Yeah. Well, let's uh, now. I wanted the last thing I want to do here is I want each of our guys to pick pick a couple three names out of that start list that you want to talk about that you think might feature in some way in this Welta. So let's start with Bill. What names you got out of that start list that you think might feature in some prominent way or do better? I think think we're going to hear from uh, uh, Brandon McNulty before it's over. Julian Alaphilippe for sure, and uh, Valverde. I think those three guys are going to make a statement uh, more than once before this thing's over. And Bennett. Well, I've already said enough about it. I want to jinx the guy now. <laughs> Valverde, Valverde has been around long enough that you might have even raced against him. Oh, yeah. Now that's, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Mitch. Well, I was just going to say, uh, you, you mentioned Julian Alaphilippe, and uh, I think it's significant that he's on the same team as Remco Ebnepol, because I think uh, Remco is kind of like a a young Julian Alaphilippe. He's got that same kind of uh, swashbuckling style and maybe even a little more talent than uh, than Alaphilippe. Um, so um, I think there are going to be a couple of stages where um, if Alaphilippe can get up the road, he'll be really competitive uh, in a way that, uh, that Evan Paul will be um, competitive in, I think, a lot more stages. Um, you know, we haven't really talked much about, uh, if anything, about Bahrain victorious. I think 
Jack Haig is somebody who we might want to watch. He's always kind of flirting with the top 10. And, um, you know, the Vuelta is enough of a wild card race sometimes that uh, um, they've got a pretty strong team, um, even though there have been some question marks about them uh, in recent years. And, uh, yeah, I I think it'd be great to see uh, one stage where some of the uh, I can't believe I'm calling them this old timers uh, go at it. Uh, Chris Froome and uh, Nibali and uh, Nairo Quintana and uh, Alejandro Valverde all kind of having a last hurrah. Um, you know, I don't know that any of them is going to be ultra competitive. Uh, Quintana seems like he's in the best condition out of the four of them, but, um, it'll be great to, uh, it, it would be great to see a stage where, uh, maybe two or three of them are in the breakaway and they, uh, they, you know, have some gas left at the end. Yeah. I I, I was, this- was kind of using the tour. He was using the tour as kind of a warm up for this. That's, that's the word on the street. Well, so, you know, there you go. I'll say this, that, uh, the Jack Haig, not only finished top 10 in a tour, I think last year on the tour of Spain, he was third or fourth. If I'm yeah, not I think mistaken. that's right. The problem with Jack Haig is that Bahrain's, uh, start list is not finalized yet. They got about 10 right. guys on that list. And so if we knew who was, uh, on the, on the team, I would put him in the top 10 for sure. Yeah. So, uh, Will, uh, let's hear some names that you think uh, that might uh, do something in this tour. Dark horses, right? Yeah, yeah. dark horses. Yeah. Um, let's go with uh, Ben O'Connor of the AG2R squad. Uh, he's always kind of flown under the radar. He's used to getting top at, at least top twenty at this point. You know, of course, he had that. Was it Tour or was it Welta where he got like top five? Due to in the tour last year, he yeah, got yeah, tour last year he got fourth, of course. Obviously, that was due to a huge breakaway. But you know, if he's got to do it that way, he's got to do it that way. You know, um, another guy I want to talk about this one. Maybe we haven't talked about him yet. Uh, Ayuso of the UAE squad. He's another young rider like uh, Pogacar, like Bernal, like Evnepol that's coming into the sport. Uh, we still don't know if he's of their caliber necessarily. He's still like 19, yeah, I he's think. Under 20, youngest rider in the race. Yeah, youngest rider in the race. And he's already shown, you know, he can get top fives at, you know, smaller stage races, right? And so I guess just be on the lookout for him. And as my final pick, Michael Gogol. No, um, <laughs> I have to I have to make the joke uh, every single cycling podcast we have. I made, Yeah, the Gogol joke. Uh but he's not even on the start list. So, um, my real third pick, probably going to go to the, someone on the Alpecin squad, either Xandro Maurice or Jay Vine as, you know, a breakaway option. Uh, both have, you know, had very good breakaway performances. Maurice, a little less well known. Jay Vine had a better one. So I guess I'd go with Jay Vine. And I'll throw in three names. Uh, you know, we're talking about riders that are a little bit past their peak and just curious if they still got it. Let's talk about Thibaut Pino on FDJ. He's on the start list. Mm-hmm. He might be good for a stage in there. He's getting along in the tooth. Another guy that had a breakthrough last year at age, I don't know, 34, 35, Damiano Caruso, uh, came second in the Giro, uh, won a stage in last year's Welta as well. Uh, again, that Bahrain squad, who knows is going to be leading that. And another guy that could lead the Bahrain squad, which has been very quiet uh, of late, which is uh, Mikel Landa. Landa, he had a couple of years where you thought, okay, this is his time. This is his year. And he's had crashes at the wrong time. 
Yeah. And uh, his time might be over for winning a, a tour, uh, uh, winning a grand tour. But uh, who knows? Maybe this is his year. Unlikely, though. Well, with all the mountains, I think you might you might see Michael Woods in a in a major move, and and also Lawson Craddock. Is Lawson Craddock on the list? Yes. What team is he on? Yeah, I, I thought he was on uh, Bike Exchange. Or, oh, really? Yep. Bike, bike Exchange. Yep, I see him. Okay. Lawson Craddock. All right, there we go. Lawson Craddock. Yeah, the, the American. That's a you know, last thing we'll talk about the Americans. Lawson Craddock, Sepp Kuss. Might get uh, that uh, that starring role at Yumbo if, if Roglic doesn't have it this year. McNulty. McNulty, who uh, Bill mentioned, who shown in the tour. He was uh, uh, Pojikar's last guy in a couple uh, climbs and did quite well. So Americans are starting to come back after uh, an absence here for a while in, in, in the top ranks of cycling. So. The question I have for you is uh, how many breakaways will Thomas DeHent be in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As many as he can. Yeah. Yeah. He's getting a little long in the tooth too. If you look at that lotto team, I mean, it looks, it looks like a, uh, it looks like a wild card team. There's hardly any names. Yeah. In that. Lotto, uh, you know, at the end of the year, they're going to demote two teams, uh, from the pro tour. And, uh, lotto is probably going to be one of them. And the other one might be Israel, might be, um, I forget who else. Movistar is hurting, EF's hurting, but, uh, lotto, I think for sure is going to be demoted. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen them do anything of note in the past, what, like three years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, Jim. All right. That wraps up this episode, our preview of the Tour of Spain. I want to thank all of our panelists, Mitch, Bill, Chris, Will. Thanks for being here, guys. We really appreciate your input on this and taking the time out to talk with us. And honor pleasure. as always. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Yeah, right. and also anybody listening to this, we're going to get this out. We're going to turn this podcast around maybe tonight or tomorrow. If you're listening to this, you're going to hear uh, the dedicated Bill Humphrey podcast either in a week or two weeks where we talk to him about his involvement in USA Cycling over the last four decades or more. So uh, that'll be a good one. Uh, yep. Looking forward to releasing that. Yep, it's a good teaser. I All like right. that. All right, I'll be pumping that up. Take care, guys. Thank <laughs> you. Right, thanks thanks again. <laughs> You've made it to the end of yet another bait and switch podcast. Spread the word.